With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in to a brand new TGI Friday episode of Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. I am your host, Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And I am joined by the one, the only, Jake Mendel. Follow him on Twitter at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Lots to talk about before the Miami Dolphins host the Atlanta Falcons Saturday night. But before we get into all of that, let me welcome in Jake Mendel. Jake, how's it going today, man? Josh, TGI Friday. I love to hear it. If you had to go between the potato skins, the mozzarella sticks, or just some straight up wings, yeah, if you're at a TGI Fridays, where, where are you going? What are you working on? I don't know. See, I'm so old that I just picture, I don't even know if you remember back in, in the day on TV, they had Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That was TGIF. That was what I look forward to. But if I'm trying to pick an appetizer, man, I, I spun all the way out. I, I guess, I, I I don't know, man. I, French fries? Maybe some, some like scallops wrapped in bacon. Scallops wrapped like, oh. We're gonna go like Josh Classy. Uh, I would do like pop. I would make like a lamb, uh, like a lamb chop lollipop. That's what I would do. That, that that's it's what I would fries, make. Fries and then you go to lamb chop lollipop. Well you, st- well, you start talking crazy. I thought you wanted something that I was gonna do my own interpretation. So you that's what I would get. Devontae Parker to Kurt Merritt in the matter of like ten seconds. Just snapping my fingers. What about you, Jake? Which of those appetizers are you ordering? Whatever's honestly, this is going to sound lame. Whatever's the cleanest. I'm not trying to uh, wear it on my shirt, especially the first thing you order. If it's the last thing you order, you can kind of get away with it a little bit. But those people who get wings right away to start a day are bad moves. Those are those are some of the reckless, reckless people. And I wish I had that type of confidence. Josh, speaking of confidence, though, I don't know if this is going to be the quote unquote dress rehearsal. I think in terms of the term dress rehearsal. The weeks of August, what, 14th through like 28th. I don't think you hear those words together more than any other time throughout the year uh, because this is it, Josh. We're really going to see an opportunity to gain some confidence in what the Dolphins are trying to build here. I haven't heard anything since there are only three preseason games. Uh, but, Josh, do you have any sense of how long we might see starters, how long we might see to uh, be on the field come Saturday night? I really don't, Jake. And I mean, I think that's the question that we all want to know is, you know, how much time is he going to go out there and get those reps? I know that a lot of players have come back. So, you know, that's something that we're excited to see with this Dolphins offense. But overall, Jake, I mean, with three preseason games, 
um, you know, it's just a whole different feel. So I don't know, man, I'd love to see two out there. I saw they said Xavier Howard was probably expected to play. So that to me, maybe shed some light on the Dolphins would have their starters out there. But again, we could see one or two drives or we could see a full half. I guess only Brian Flores truly knows. He's done such a great job at keeping us guessing. I mean, like we said before last preseason game, we wouldn't be surprised if Tua like just handed it off three times to Gaskin and called it a day, or if he stayed out there for an entire half and obviously it ended up somewhere right in the middle. Uh, but I guess that just kind of keeps us guessing a little bit. And Josh, before we get into what we're expecting from Saturday, we got to talk about the injuries. It's the time of the summer where we just kind of want to bubble wrap the entire roster and you want to avoid those injuries. Let's start with Lynn Bowden Jr. Left practice on Thursday. An MRI revealed that there was no tear, but he is out with a strained hamstring and the team is not sure of a time frame. And that came from Barry Jackson. Josh, it's, we don't, we can say it till we're blue in the face. We know we're not in Miami, we know we don't see exactly everything that's going on, but it seemed like so far this summer, Lynn Bowden's camp hasn't, there's been nothing bad, but on the other side of the coin, there's been nothing good. And, you know, you, to be one of those six guys, you need to stand out a little bit. And I'm here, or what we've reading, what we've been reading on Twitter, it doesn't seem like this is a big injury, but what have you seen? What have you heard? How do you feel about Bowden? Not only uh, in terms of his timetable of returning, but uh, opportunity to make the roster here, especially missing a little bit of time. Yeah, I, as soon as I retweeted that, that, you know, there was just a strained hamstring, the first thing someone said is, you know, that's not good. That's something that's probably going to, you know, hamper him. It's just going to keep coming up throughout the year. So hopefully, you know, that's not the case. But with Lynn Bowden, I mean, this is a guy who, again, last year we saw the chemistry he had developing with Tua. I think we all expected, you know, as early in camp, we expected to hear his name called throughout many camps, you know, training camp, like you said, haven't really heard that, you know, again, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. But when you have a loaded receiving core, you want to hear a guy like Lynn Bowden's name pop out there on paper. So, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate for him, but it opens things up for some of those other guys, Jake. And, you know, we've got to mention some of the other ones that are injured there with him, you know, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Isaiah Ford, Stephen Carter, you know, the list goes on and on. Dolphins players that are banged up. Those are just the receivers. But they got Preston Williams back yesterday. You know, to hear that the Lynn Bowden Jr. went down, you know, that's super unfortunate. But then to hear that you're also getting Preston Williams back, I mean, that's kind of, um, you know, I guess some good news in uh, overall practice that was filled with a little bit of a dark cloud there. So it's nice that, you know, you're getting a weapon like Preston Williams back. Again, a guy who has to work his way to prove that he can make this roster. But as far as Lynn Bowden Jr., I just don't know if this means he's going to end up on PUP to begin the season or what it does. But again, I think it opens up another opportunity for one of these other young receivers to potentially stick on the roster that we might have obviously written off sooner than later. It's definitely been a two-way street in terms of the injuries, and it is good to see someone like Preston Williams coming back. Josh, when it becomes the regular season, obviously we get that Friday injury report, and that gives us a really strong idea of who's going to be playing on Sunday. Of course, there are times it goes right down to the wire. Guys are held out at the last second. Uh, guys put on their capes and our heroes and are out in the field at the last second. Uh, but we don't have that in the preseason. So in terms of who was and wasn't practicing Thursday is probably the closest we're going to get of having an idea of who is going to play. So disappointingly, I think that does rule out Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Isaiah Ford, and probably even Vince Beagle, Brandon Jones, and Sam Aguavin. Aguavin might be able to come back seeing how he's on the COVID list. Uh, but, but Josh, if this was week three of the preseason, if this was week one of the regular season, do you feel these guys, the Fullers, the Parkers, the Wilsons, will be active? Because I'm starting to get the, a little bit of an idea that maybe – the Dolphins are already bubble wrapping these guys who have an injury history. I mean, Albert Wilson was going straight bananas and it seems like they just stomped on the brakes there to uh, really kind of 
put him on the back burner so he doesn't burn himself out. Yeah, Jake. I mean, when you were saying that, he could be, you know, when you were saying that the first thing I thought was, you know, what I'd be doing is I'd probably be hitting the panic button because, you know, we wanted this receiving core to transform this offseason. A lot of those guys, you know, Will Fuller and Albert Wilson, now you're getting back, you know, those are those guys that you kept hearing, you know, Will Fuller is going to change the dynamic of this offense. Albert Wilson was making those plays. I hope they're just bubble wrapping them. I hope that this is just them taking precautions. We don't know how much we'll see him this week, but, you know, if this gets to week one or, you know, week three of preseason and we're sitting here talking about Will Fuller not in the lineup, Devontae Parker not in the lineup, Albert Wilson not in the lineup. I mean, we talked about last show, then we're talking about Matt Collins starting and, Again, all offseason, we made up excuses for Tua Tonvalo, this, that, and the other thing. Some of that was his receiving core. And as of now, it looks like this receiving core is the exact same copy and paste other than Jalen Waddle, which again, Jalen Waddle was Jalen Waddle. Nice little bonus to add there. Josh, if you had to look in your crystal ball, and I would assume all these guys are going to be on the injury report. Uh, I think it's kind of assumed Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and Albert Wilson are going to be on the active roster. They're going to be some of the receivers to make the team. So if you had to put it at a percentage that two of the three will be active in New England in week one, what would you put that percentage at? Obviously, again, if this is a total gut thing, there's yeah. you can base it off of. But give me the Josh House crystal ball here and let me know what you're thinking. Well, I hate to just say this to be funny, but I was going to say 69%. I mean, I think it really is that. I think Will Fuller, though, is going to be that guy. And I wanted to throw this question to you, Jake. Is it time to panic with Will Fuller? I mean, this is the guy who very early in camp, I mean, he practiced, what, once? Had that ankle injury. We know how the Dolphins are with their injuries. You know, this could be something that they're just hiding. I mean, are you concerned at all with Will Fuller, the big signing this offseason, potentially not being around after that week one suspension? Or do you think, you know, this is just the Dolphins, again, taking precaution with a player who – could honestly change the entire offense by himself. Yeah, you really have to wonder about that, Josh. And it, you kind of do feel like it could be a situation where they're keeping them safe. Uh, but at the same time, these guys have injury histories and, and maybe they're just kind of a little banged up after practicing now for you know a month, month and a half with the different training camps and, and things like that. Moving on, Josh, we had another player return off the pup list. And that is our good old friend, Alandon Roberts, who in fact tackled a dude through another dude last season. That duty tackle is now on the team and we'll be talking about him in a little bit and Malcolm Brown, but Josh, he suffered a knee injury against Las Vegas in December being a Landon Roberts. I think when he had his first press conference, maybe it was after the Dolphins signed him to a new one year, roughly. Well, I think it was around a million dollars, so one to three million dollar contract. Uh, he said he was just kind of going to take his time. This is the worst injury he's ever had to deal with. Uh, but all of a sudden, man, he's out here practicing and, and it seems like it took a it was a quick recovery, I think is a good way to put it. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, he's a player that I think he wears that hat that says like dark grind. You know, he's just grinding, do, putting his head down, doing the work that's asked of him. And he's a guy that you said, you know, he, he tackled a guy, he tackled a dude with another dude. I think that's what you said. And that's just yeah. the best way to explain. It. I mean, he sometimes he's playing like his hair's a little on fire. The one thing I don't agree with, and I don't know if you saw Jake was uh, Orlando Alzaguer, I believe it is big O said that he sees Landon Roberts and uh, Bernardrick McKinney as, you know, similar players. And while I agree they're similar players, I think as far as Bernardrick McKinney's skill set, he's on a whole different level. So, I, you know, I'm stoked that Landon Roberts is off the pup list. Glad for what that brings to a Dolphins linebacking core. Though, let's be honest, that's probably one of, if not the biggest weakness on that Dolphins defense. But uh, I think to compare him to a guy like Bernardrick McKinney, who, you know, again, we haven't seen him play in a Dolphins uniform. We haven't seen what he could do in a Brian Flores defense. That was a little bit of a shot at Bernardrick McKinney, in my opinion, when you didn't really have to take one. The way I look at it, Josh, though, I mean, I when I was writing the story for the Finn Sider about Roberts coming back, I mean, 
how do you put Roberts and McKinney on the field at the same time? Yeah, I, I don't know. You're right. They're, they're similar players, right? Yeah, and, and that's kind of the idea I'm getting. And I mean, you could say, well, uh, Jerome Baker kind of fits that bill too. Jerome Baker's a little more versatile, but they both play at that inside linebacker position. Josh, I do think Roberts probably isn't going to see the field too, too much strictly because of McKinney, but as a backup plan, as a uh, spark who, you know, if, if he's been on the field for eight snaps and everyone's worn down, I mean, putting in a fresh Roberts on like a third where he can, you know, blitz or, or stop a run on third and two with fresh legs. I mean, that is a great luxury to have as your depth at linebacker, because we've spoken a lot about the depth at outside linebacker who are going to be the guys to float above the rest and, and really make a name for themselves. Uh, but inside linebacker, I mean, that that's a pretty nice core who's come together with uh, Roberts Baker and, and McKinney, at least for this year. Yeah. You know, maybe it was more so just the way it was worded. And maybe if they would have said, you know, this is kind of like when you go to the store and instead of spending $5 on that box of cereal, you walk down to the end of the aisle and you get that big bag that looks like a pillow, you know, stuff with <laughs> the same exact cereal. I mean, so Landon Roberts, you know, different, same skill set, maybe not the same production and at one year, $2 million. You can really 87 be up- to 77. Matt. If <laughs> yeah. McKinney's an 87, <laughs> there you go. And again, what's what he does on the special teams and things like that, that in, right. in Brian Flores system that makes him such a valuable player moving on Jake Hunter long. I don't know how the heck he is practicing i think he even made a catch in joint practices with the atlanta falcons he's wearing what some people have said looks like you know part of a, a transformer on his on his leg but how i mean how is this possible uh, you know I, I guess it's be the way it was reported but this just seems like you know a miracle that hunter long's out here catching passes uh, again a week after that we we saw him car down the field jake so what are your thoughts on that because we heard about shaheen's emergence six touchdowns i think barry jackson said and or was it sorry, three touchdowns, I think, in red zone drills, maybe six total over the week. So, I mean, this it's, it's a loaded tight end group, but it's nice to have a young player that you invested a draft pick on that, again, we thought was going to be out for the entire season. It's a great problem to have, right? And the second Hunter Long came back, the question instantly went, you know, how long is he going to be out? How long is this going to be a problem? Is this going to affect the long term? And the new question that comes back is how on earth, Josh, are the Dolphins going to use all four tight ends? Because each of them seem capable. Each of them seem to give a little bit of a something special to the table. And Hunter Long, I just think with tight ends, it takes a little while to find your rhythm. It's usually a year two, even probably more close to a year three, where they really start to break out. I mean, we were ready to say Mike Gesicki was a bust after his rookie year, but I mean, thanks Adam Gase. Uh, but I could see a weird situation develop, Josh, where Hunter Long has like, I've used this a couple times already, but has like 25 catches on the year and six touchdowns or something like that, where he's just makes his money in the red zone. There's all these different targets where he happens to be the one who uh, teams decide, all right, we're going to put it in single coverage or we're going to leave alone in the back of the end zone. I mean, Josh, I, I think it was Armando Salguero who said that the Dolphins have lacked that tight end who just seems to always be alone in the end zone. And I, I think Hunter Long could kind of fit that role. Yeah, maybe that's why we're hearing Adam Shaheen making all these plays. You know, maybe he's filling in for that role that we would expect to see Hunter Long in, you know, when the games count. We have a quote here from Xavier Howard. We mentioned earlier he was expected to play, but I want to throw this out there because he mentioned how the defense, he said, the sky is the limit for us on the defensive side. He sees a lot of great things going on. Our goal is to be better than last year. And this comes, you know, yesterday, Nick Needham, Jake, we didn't even mention this at the top of the show, but um, the Dolphins, you know, starting it, I believe Nickel, you know, a guy that was going to fill in on the outside of Xavier Howard was out, was taken off the field on a cart. It does sound like he walked out on his own power. I joke that he ran up the slide back in the locker room. So we don't know how, we don't know how severe this is. You know, it was something that, 
similar with Lynn Bowden. We heard that that was just a strained hamstring. We will hear more on Nick Needham later today, but for a secondary that's so deep, you know, it sucks that you lost Nick Needham, but that just means again, Noah Igbenogany, one of those other guys need to step up. And um, that's just the mentality of the NFL. As we say, podcast after podcast. Yeah. Nick Needham's had a great camp. So hopefully he's someone who doesn't miss a lot of time here. He's really taken advantage of the stamps given to him. Uh, and he's been a vital part of this defense for more than a year. And it, Josh, you mentioned Howard. It was nice to see him get an interception on Matt Ryan recently. And I, you know, if, as we start to put our sights on the Falcons game, this secondary, Josh, I don't know if Brandon Jones is going to play, but I mean, with uh, Javon Holland, who's been, you know, getting better and better each week, you know, Eric Rovers, Kyle Pitts. I mean, Josh, this secondary, I mean, it's going to be hard to uh, keep my eyes off of it with what they're capable of. I mean, granted, it's, again, it's still just a preseason game, but uh, this is a group that, you know, you want to watch as much as possible. It really is. And you mentioned that Xavier Howard interception on Matt Ryan. That made me so angry how the Falcons are constantly posting all these videos, you know, look, showing the Dolphins, whether it's the lacking coverage in Byron Jones, you know, Xavier Howard getting burnt. And then you just hear all these great plays, Gesicki with a one-handed OBJ catch, this, that, and the other thing, and the Dolphins aren't showing them. So please, Miami Dolphins, please show more. But Jake, it sounded like you were getting into the last part of our show. So let's jump into a break. And when we come back, we will talk about the top things that we want to see this Saturday night when the Miami Dolphins host the Atlanta Falcons week two of the preseason. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Jake, so we talked about some of the players that are back. We talked about some of the players that we might not see on Saturday. Let's talk about the things that we are most looking forward to when the Miami Dolphins again host the Atlanta Falcons. The biggest matchup of the week, something that we consistently talked about, was Eric Rowe versus Kyle Pitts. So, Jake, we, we saw the videos. We saw the Atlanta Falcons showing Eric Rowe getting beat. We've heard that Eric Rowe, I think he broke up three passes yesterday, according to Safid Dean. So he's making some plays. This is that big matchup. This is what we all want to see. Give me your thoughts that as we head into Saturday's matchup with the Falcons. My biggest thought is I hope we get to see it for a while. Right. And you just worry that, you know, being such a high level of competition, both sides are like, all right, we've seen Kyle Pitts and Eric Rowe battle for a week. And they're both like, all right, you played five snaps in the first quarter and we're going to kind of call it from there in general. I mean, Kelvin Ridley, he's another uh, stud wide receiver. You have to wonder, hopefully, you know, Byron Jones is out there too. Um, it was said Xavier Howard's going to play. So you have to assume he might be out there too, but you can really never guess with Brian Flores. So I think that passing attack in general versus, versus that secondary is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I know people like to make fun of Matt Ryan, but Hey, if you're intercepting a, a veteran like that, someone who knows his playbook so well, I mean, that's, that's never a bad thing. That's never something you don't want to have on your resume. No, not at all. And I guess it really does come down to how much these coaches have agreed to, you know, play the starters and let an Xavier Howard go one-on-one versus Calvin Ridley or a Kyle Pitts. But just for, not for like 12 seconds before the ball is thrown. No, 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 no. And then every, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, that just goes to show you how different everyone's opinion is. Cause it seemed like there was a lot of people that realized how long that took, but there was a, a pretty decent amount saying, you know, Byron Jones is what $85 million man giving up in the end zone. I mean, it was just crazy the back and forth that everyone was having there, but um, Jake, you can't talk about a match 
matchup without talking about the Dolphins offensive line. And for us, I mean, <laughs> whether it's, whether it's the run game improving, whether it's Malcolm Brown, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, or it's, you know, just Austin Jackson playing better than what we've heard throughout the week, which of these matchups are you focused on most? Because I guess I previewed it a little bit there, but to me, it would be Austin Jackson. Again, we talked about the right side of the offensive line, everything we needed to see there. It sounds like Jesse Davis is starting. Liam Eichenberg was with the second team. And Solomon Killing was starting left guard. But for me, I just want to see if Austin Jackson can bounce back and show that, you know, he is the starting left tackle to Miami Dolphins, that he isn't a liability there when, again, there's so much uncertainty next to him. So that would be my matchup. What do you want to see this weekend? I think my favorite part of the preseason is, you know, you're obviously not focusing 100%, especially come like the third quarter, fourth quarter. And it's like a second and seven. And all of a sudden you're seeing everyone just sprinting around and it's, it's teams focusing on different, uh, you know, situations. You're doing a situational offense. You'll see like a re- receiver run to the line of scrimmage when there's 10 minutes left in the third quarter. And I'm excited to see what the Dolphins doing these uh, situational opportunities that the offense is going to have. The short yardage, Josh. I mean, that's going to be something we're going to talk about till the end of the year. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Malcolm Brown. It doesn't matter who is running the football for the Dolphins. I just think that's going to be a situation where the Dolphins are going to struggle time and time again. And Josh, on top of the short yardage situations, I think we need to see Miles Gaskin prove that he's still the starter because, Josh, if we're going to talk about running backs who are really vying for that starting role, I mean, Salvan Ahmed has really taken over, it seems. I mean, Brian Flores has said that they're going to use three running backs uh, for most of the year, uh, a rotation. But, I mean, that rotation could simply be, all right, you're in when it's third and 15. You're in when it's first down at the one-yard line, talking about both Gaskin and um Malcolm Brown, and then Ahmed does everything else. That's what we saw happen with Miles Gaskin last year. And, I mean, you can't keep someone like Ahmed off the field if you keep scoring um, on these wheel routes nonstop because those things are so much fun to watch, especially when uh, running backs are left to eat in dust. Yeah, man, and you just, again – Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, man, and again, you just want to see one of these guys truly just step up and and prove that they're the guy. We all thought it was Miles Gaskin. I think Cam Wolf did say, you know, despite – what you're hearing, whether you're hearing that Malcolm Brown's ahead, Salvin Ahmed, those different things. It did sound like he said uh, that, you know, Miles Gaskin would be the RB1. He did still foresee him being that main guy. But again, in a Brian Flores, um, I guess a New England coach team, anything is – with a team that, you know, comes from New England, that mentality, anyone's guess is as good as ours. We mentioned Liam Eikenberg and what we want to see a little bit more out of him in that offensive line, Jake. Two other rookies that we really want to see perform on the big stage – uh, I guess Jalen Waddle's part of that too, because he hasn't had a catch yet, right? But I have Jalen Phillips written down here and Javon Holland, because we continue to hear Javon Holland's just been that ball hawk again, that guy that maybe we all envisioned the Dolphins drafting when they had a chance at Earl Thomas and some of those other guys. I think four picks over the last two weeks. I mean, he's everywhere. So you just want to see that translate on game day, you know, see him have a pick six, get excited. And you want to see Jalen Phillips out there. I mean, this is a guy that the Dolphins drafted 18th overall to be that pressure off the edge. I want to see him go out there and, you know, get some pressure in Matt Ryan's face, you know, hit the quarterback, cause some disruption because that was the missing piece on that Dolphins defense. And again, I didn't have Jalen Waddle written down here, but when you saw Devontae Smith yesterday running some of those routes and although Joe Flacco, you know, looked like dog water trying to get him completions we just cannot wait to see Jalen Waddle with the football in his hands because even on that punt return last week I mean it, it was pure electric Josh when you mentioned Jalen Phillips I mean I'd be happy if he was in for one play got like a pressure where he like got a hand on a quarterback and that'd be enough for me to put him in the ring of back honor. to the bubble bubble boy <laughs> yeah exactly then right back to the bubble I just want something that can like get just a little taste, something to kind of get hyped up about. I mean, the Instagrams are cool. The tweets are cool. Uh, but, I mean, we've been 
listening to about how great Justin Fields was for a week now. And, and, you know, you could say that he looked good. You could say that he was playing against second teamers a lot of the time, but I want my rookies. I want my guys to be the ones who are leading sports center and things like that. Uh, so Josh, we ask ourselves who could Tua make look good. And for a week, I would love to hear on sports center here, wherever you are listening, probably here, you're going to hear it the most though, is that, Jalen Waddell is going to be an absolute monster. I think this could really be a great opportunity for, I said it last week, and I'm just going to keep shooting the shot for Tua to be, to make Jalen Waddell a, like, you know, a fourth round fantasy uh, project or a fifth round fantasy project, just with how explosive these two can be together. Tua scoring a touchdown. I think that would kind of be nice just to kind of keep things going, keep things simple. Uh, And hopefully the offense keeps moving, especially when you talk about the situations we brought up, whether it's, you know, third and inches, whether it's first and 15, if this offense can keep rolling, maybe overcome a little adversity, even if they don't score points, another interception, the end zone, you know, I'm not saying I want that, but I'd be okay. As long as this offense is able to move the ball Tua looks confident and we leave with minimal injuries. That last part is the most key, but you're right. I mean, I think last week's performance, if you go out there and copy and paste that and somehow get that ball to the end zone there, I mean, that would have been seriously the perfect start. But you just want to see who he can go out there. And you mentioned make look good. Can Kirk Merritt be that guy? Is that the player that everyone fell in love with last offseason? I mean, we're hearing him making plays. I mean, I don't know if how many reps he'll get with the first team, but as soon as you said, who can he make feel better? I, I Or who can he make better around him? I thought maybe Kirk Merritt, this would be that game where he has that, you know, 60, 70 yarder that just gets fans, you know, doing their victory laps because we're already seeing it so early in camp, you know, every single day that one of their players is having a good day. I think Ramon J. Stevens had another touchdown for the the Patriots and everyone's all upset because the Dolphins didn't go after him. So it is the season, but uh, like you said, Jake, we just want to see this offense continue to show strides that, you know, this isn't the Changeli offense. This offense is better suited for Tua Tungavailoa. He understands his offense better and, you know, he has a better grasp of things and he's just a better leader. And before we end the show, Jake, we have to talk about it because it just brings me back to the Dan Marino days. And I I hate to use that comparison, but we heard again, despite Austin Jackson's bad performance at camp, Omar Kelly and some of the other reporters were sitting there saying how Tua was on the sideline, you know, having a very animated discussion with him. And I think that that's, you know, those things that you really, really want to hear out of your second year quarterback. You know, we know he can play. We know he's smart and can do all those things. But to hear that he's on the sideline being a true leader and help coaching some of these younger players who their success is just as important to this team's as, you know, maybe to us. So um, that is what I want to see how this offense, like you said, can go out there and build on an awesome performance last week. I'll bite that interception. Yeah. With the young team, it's so important poise and how you carry yourself. It might be a little cliche at times, but I mean, that stuff being confident at such a high level is so important. Whether you listen to the show, Spotify, iTunes, thank you guys so much for listening and please hit that follow button. The season is right around the corner and it will be here before you know it. So stay on this ride with us. Stay through the 2021 season and beyond with us here on the Finn side of the Jake and Josh show. Hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a moment, leave a review. That stuff helps us out so much and it helps others find the show. It helps us grow our community. And at the end of the day, uh, that is really what's important here is that uh, growth on the Finn side or seeing those stories with uh, 500, you know, comments sometimes on our website is little bananas. Uh, but that stuff is really what makes this job so fun. So thank you guys so much for listening. Josh, how about you carry us out of here? Damn, Jake, you're on a roller. I thought you were going to take us the whole way through. But guys, like Jake said, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Today, Madden 22 is officially out. We were going to talk about that at the beginning of the show. But if you have any interest in playing in Madden 22 PS5, hit me up on Twitter. Follow Jake on Twitter at JME. 
N-D-E-L-94. I did say it's Man 22 Day. It's also CM Punk Day for you wrestling fans out there. But enjoy <laughs> this Saturday's matchup against the Dirty Birds. Hopefully, like Jake said, no injuries. And we'll be back again on Monday to give you a recap of the Miami Dolphins' hopeful victory over the Atlanta Falcons. For the Jake and Josh Show, I am Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins